0: Good morning, Sunday morning.
1: good morning ladies and gentlemen and welcome to wrong think radio i'm your host aaron broadcasting from just outside the nation's capital in beautiful northern virginia and i'm alan
2: coming to you lovely and overcast greater seattle metropolitan area
1: and this is wrong think radio this is our two-hour live program that we bring you guys every single week to bring you our facts and analysis of what's going on in the world today Getting some highlights of the news, seeing what's happening and seeing like uh, just what kind of awful is going on. And uh, yeah, it'll be a great time. A lot of stuff actually happened this week, but the kind of uh, one of the bigger things that's going on is talking about these uh, credit card companies that are now going to be tracking gun purchases. Um, So that's going to be an interesting part that we're going to get to a little bit later in the program. But one thing that I do want to point out is uh, there's been a lot of discussing, in the, I guess, discussions going on and everything about whether or not a Trump indictment is coming. And now, to be fair, I don't know. I haven't really checked the news closely this morning, but I'm going to tell everybody right now that it is going to happen and it is going to happen soon. Anybody that knows how to read these tea leaves knows that they're absolutely going to drop an indictment on Trump that's been the point this entire time so don't be shocked or surprised when that happens especially because um there was the recent court ruling that came out where a judge judge cannon came out and said um that they that she wanted to appoint a special master to review the things that were seized by the FBI, and of course this resulted in uh, the Justice Department appealing the decision. But even more notably is the amount of the left wing and the left wing media attacking this judge in every form and fashion possible, specifically because uh, it was she didn't go along with the whole orange man bad deal, and now that it's being appealed it kind of hangs it up in the courts what they need to do in reality is get an indictment out there and part of why i want to bring this up because to be honest i I get kind of annoyed with all the investigation stuff and it never goes anywhere this is all for lack of a better term it's like pr it's like public relations for the democrat party but there's something that needs to be notable it is after labor day in political seasons, typically by about the 4th of July, most voters have made their decision on who they're going to vote for. And then it becomes what people call the battle for the independence or the battle for the middle. This is like standard, I don't know if, this is what uh, uh, DC consultants, this is how they kind of view stuff. Um, This is the lens that they look at uh, the political business through. But then, so post July 4th, it's the battle for the independence. And then at about Labor Day, that's crunch time. It is now you're you just you're trying to pick up a half a percent of voters or trying to get people out to the polls. So the question has to be asked with everything that we're going to be going through on the show, some of the statements have been made by you know Joe Biden and, and a lot of other stuff is why are the Democrats running against Donald Trump for the midterms? Like, Alan, do you have any thoughts on that?
2: I think because they are very concerned that they're going to have big losses in the midterms and set themselves up for big losses in 2024. And I think all of this is being done along that background. If they make everything about Donald Trump, then people will not focus on their own
1: failings. So... It's, well, and, and I guess that's, that's where it gets interesting um, from my perspective is who do they not want to focus, right? And to me, it looks a lot like the Democrat party is still trying to shore up their own base because th- does this appeal to just like regular people? They've been hearing, let, let me phrase it this way, five years of the same stuff. How many people are going to be moved by it? Do you think, well, I I guess I'll pose it as a question. Do you think a single voter who's undecided or a voter that, I don't know, uh, if there are independent voters in this country anymore, do you think any of them are going to be swayed by like, they maybe voted for Donald Trump before, but now, oh, geez, with this, with these uh, classified information stuff, I just, I just can't, that, that was the final straw for me. Do you think it moves the needle, I
0: guess?
2: Not at all. I think anybody that voted Trump in 2020 or at 2016 or 2020 is still going to vote for Trump in 2024, provided that he runs. And I just can't imagine that anybody. So I think none of those people are going to switch sides. Now that leaves us with independents and Democrat voters. There is. I think very little chance that independent voters are going to be effectively swayed to vote Democrat based on the last couple of years of the Biden administration. Because you have the because you have the failure of uh, the failure in Afghanistan, the economy, gas prices shot up. You have the whole Ukraine crisis. It's like oh. there is a lot of things that I think would dissuade independent voters from really being excited about voting Democrat. So I don't think they're going to turn out in any sort of appreciable numbers to support a Democrat candidate. Maybe they don't turn out to support Republicans, but that's fine. That's that's fine. But I don't see them being very excited to vote for Democrat candidates, given the Democrats ridiculous track record over the last couple of years. Then we get to Democrat voters. I think Democrat voters also don't have a good reason to get out and support democrat candidates in the midterms or in 2024 especially based on the last now six years i think the vast majority of democrat voters are exhausted and disillusioned and feel no real excitement for the democrat party as a whole or any of the candidates they have to pick from i look at I look at the entirety of American politics, and I don't see anybody in the, on the Democrat side that actually seems to be garnering true excitement from their voting base. It's all contrived, or it's all just kind of, oh, I've always voted Democrat, so I guess I'm just going to vote that way. I don't feel there is really any excitement among the Democrat voting base to get out and vote for Democrat candidates. Maybe they could be scared again is all like, oh, the racists might win if you don't come vote for us but i feel that's 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 not exciting to people i think they go oh yeah but we have the president oh, i don't feel like they, they've never had that win they've never said like oh we came out and voted for democrats and now racism went away all i do is just get browbeaten by it yet again and There's no real excitement. There's no vision for the future. Maybe it would be the best way to put it. What is the Democrat vision for the future that's getting everybody excited? Some kind of etheric, we're going to all have utopia, it's going to be great. Or worse, their vision of the future is there's all these horrible, scary things that you shouldn't want and you should just keep voting for us. Neither one of those raises a lot of excitement because there isn't this good, it's not, it's, it's like the carrot and the stick. There isn't any good future that they're working towards just a less shitty one and then you have the Republicans what do they have to offer? well I mean make America great again we're going to solve all these problems we have we are the party that is in opposition to all of the bad things you keep getting beaten down by in the news so I I have a lot of hope for Republican victories both in the midterms and in 2024 because I don't see the independents switching sides or the supporting Democrats.
1: And I don't see Democrats supporting Democrats to any exceptional degree. Well, and, and this analysis is what has led people to the situation where they're wondering what is the Democrat Party going to do to try and steal the election? Because the reality of it being they don't there there's like the path to victory seems impossible. I mean To be fair, it also, path to victory seemed impossible for a guy that didn't campaign and hid in his basement the entire time. Very true. Um, So the question then is, how are they going to make it to where uh, all the election rules are changed and everyone's mailing in their ballot and they can do ballot drop boxes and basically have zero oversight? You know, is there going to be, you know, COVID, you know, 22? You know is it going to be uh for example the new york governor declared polio in emergency or what was the exact the exact words uh because this is this is just funny It's just a random headline was uh, governor yeah governor hochel uh in new york declared polio an official disaster polio we eradicated wow. polio in the united states it's a disaster uh Because of all the illegal immigrants coming in. But it's a disaster nonetheless. And maybe, you know, maybe they're afraid of polio. And so you have to mail in your ballot and then a bunch of dead people can vote for Democrats. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah because I mean, that was, that was part of the entire plan that they had. Now it could be that they're not going to pull those cards out for this next election. They know that they're going to lose, but then they just constantly have, you know, the dark cloud over the head of the Republican party in hoping that most of them will wuss out, that they'll just be cowards and they'll be afraid of being, I don't want to be related to to just all these events. I just want, I just want my norms and to get my norms, I guess I'll just do whatever Joe Biden wants. Then maybe I can get my norms again. Yeah. But
2: Right. That's why I say I feel like there is very little excitement on the, Dem- on the Democrat side that will get them to go, go out and actually vote, which does, I think, make it seem more likely that they're going to try some kind of election nonsense like they did in
1: 2020. Yeah. And... It's interesting because the the obsession over Trump seems strange. Um, sure. I mean, it's strange and it's not strange. For example, what one of the things that you were kind of going uh, kind of hinting at is the complete lack of a Democrat bench. Like oh, yeah. who's their next who's their next person? D- d- I don't like, know They don't really have yeah. one. but it, like they're uh, all
2: old. <laughs> They're all old or they're unexciting. And there's nothing that they, again, I think there's nothing that the Democrats really offer that makes anybody excited about Democrats. Like, yeah. oh, like who's voting for, who's out there voting for Jerry Nadler. I mean, like, Yeah, he's going to turn this thing around. The idea that anybody votes for Jerry Nadler is weird. It is weird. And it's very, to the point where I'm kind of like, this seems suspicious as hell (laughs) who keeps voting for these people who keeps voting for Nancy Pelosi and thinking like, man, I'm so excited that this person is my representative.
1: Yeah. So, okay. Colleen points out like Gavin Newsom, California. Yeah. So that would, that would be somebody considered for the bench. That's a very good point.
2: That's a good point. Yeah, That's a good one. That's the best one
1: I can come up with already a very injured candidate, given the fact he can't even keep the lights on in his own state. Yeah. Now, I mean that hasn't stopped a, you know, a, a democrat before. But yeah, you get Gavin Newsom, so kind of a joke, let's be honest. You have uh Beto O'Rourke who literally cannot win any race. You have who Stacy Abrams? I mean, Not- these are the actual potentials. Like, and just think about that against somebody like Ron DeSantis. You even have um you take Ron DeSantis, you even have uh um Christie Nome. You have uh Shoot, uh, Governor Stitt out of, uh, I believe it's Oklahoma. You have, oh, I'm trying to remember the name, uh, Abbott out of Texas. Oh, right. Like, sure. These are actually pretty decent. Um, hilariously, I just named governors. So um, you have you have pretty a pretty decent bench there. I mean, opinions aside, right? But like that is a bench. And then you even have additional like strings of candidates. People are talking about um, uh, Haley running. Sure. Uh, people people are talking about, you know, uh, you you get kind of the normal boomerisms of like, let's get Tim Scott to run so we can say black guy. I mean, Tim Scott is not my ideal candidate. There's several people in that list I gave that are not my ideal candidates at all. But like, we have a pretty robust bench. The Democrats have basically a meme bench. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, and that's, I'm trying to make sure that I'm not being super partisan about that. But like, gavin Newsom, it's like it's insane it's he put forward all of those like green green policies now everything's on fire and you can't uh put your ac below 78 degrees during the hottest months of the year and you can't charge the electric car that he wants to require everyone to own it, that is pretty ridiculous and I, I think a lot of this is it it I know a lot of our audience already knows this, but like that's how hard the left has swung. Like I I named several people, you know, Colleen for instance is like hell no to Greg Abbott, right? Of Texas. It's interesting because he's not a Democrat, but he's not a Republican we necessarily like. We see him as being too much of like a squish, too much of a centrist. We don't don't trust him, right? Like, or there's several people that don't trust him in the idea of like he's just going to be one of those business as usual kind of neocon Republicans. But how hilarious is that on the right wing side? We have people that we don't think are good enough. The Democrats have people that are all kind of left wing radical and crazy in their own right. And so when people talk about extremism among the political parties, think about that for a second look at which party is the, I mean, I'm not trying to prove this to anybody. I'm just doing this as a thought exercise, but look at what party is the party of extremes. Stacey Abrams, honestly, is the most viable candidate for the Democrat party right now. And she has basically spent her entire career claiming that the election was stolen from her because of the racisms. And other than that, she's just jumped on every single bandwagon humanly possible. Right.
2: Yeah. None of these people, again, it's hard to think that there's going to be a lot of excitement amongst the Democrat voter base for any of these people or any of the things they're doing. It's like, think of a Trump indictment. Are people going to be, people might be like, Oh, Hey, we finally got him. Anyway, gas is still far too expensive. It's Mm -hmm. like, the things that they're trying to give to their base. So, you know, we're, we're taking the fight to those MAGA people. I don't think that's going to be, that's going to resonate with their voters. Remember the couple weeks ago that we had the Joe Biden give his, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a movie supervillain speech. (laughs) I just wonder how many, how many Democrat voters saw that and were just confused. It's like, what? I don't understand, what what are we doing here? Wait, why is he appearing in front of a red background looking like every movie supervillain? So I think a lot of the things they're doing just seem really ill-conceived would be a good way to put, put them.
1: Yeah. No, I, I, and it's, it is fascinating. We didn't get your opinion. Uh, we, we covered the speech a little bit last week. But we didn't get your opinion on it. Um, now that you've had kind of a couple weeks to digest it, what are your thoughts on that actual speech?
2: I think that it was really ill advised, would be a way I'd put it. <laughs> and I think it is a really good indicator that a lot of Democrat strategists spend way too much time on Twitter and spend and are living in a bubble where they think things like that are going to be effective, either as they're going to make all of their opposition scared perhaps or something i really can't understand how they thought that was a good idea that makes them look like this will make joe biden look strong in the face of russia i have no idea but it seems like an absolutely bizarre choice to make because you're essentially you're playing off of the mass media which has in not in documented Americans for the last 50 years to view anyone that stands at a podium and yells as an evil fascist, like every single time that's the case. And so now you have your candidate doing that. I just feel like that's, you're essentially using your own propaganda against
1: yourselves. And it's really strange. Yeah. And and one of the things that i had to bring up is who is it
2: for that that's a good point i don't know who the audience of that was supposed to be i
1: mean to be fair nobody actually watched it i mean everyone got their clips on social media well
2: and i think a lot of news stations intentionally didn't run it because it's looked made them look
1: crazy yeah but but weirdly enough some some idiot somewhere um is telling uh, Biden that this is like a good thing because he keeps going with it. There's so many tweets where Joe Biden is just talking about mega policies and mega this. And it's like, who are, and that's the whole thing is he's, he keeps saying, I'm not talking about regular Republicans. I'm talking about extremist MAGA Republicans. Okay. Name them. Yeah. I mean, like, all right, Democrats, if you guys want to play this game and if you're so excited about it, and I'm not asking you to do it, I don't I don't want social media anons to tell me who it is, why aren't you demanding, why aren't you demanding that the president of the United States specifically name the MAGA Republicans he claims are threats to democracy? Should Th- this should be pretty easy, right? I mean, it's not like he's not tracking them, correct? Right. So why isn't he naming them? And and that to me is the simplest refutation of this entire discussion. Sure. Like I And like I said, if I'm like, well, why isn't he naming them? They'll be like, well, it's like this person or that. No, 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 no. I don't want you to do it. I don't want your opinion. I want the president of the United States to name the national security threats. I want him to name them. Why is that so? Like, and I'm shocked that Dem- why wouldn't Democrats be? Why? Well, I mean, we know why, but like, shouldn't Democrats be interested in the names of the? Because he's saying that there's a differentiation. So, who are they? Right.
2: Well, and it, I think the problem is all of this is smoke and mirrors. There is no big national security threat. All of this is a lie. All of this is a way to try and convince their voters that things are so scary. They need to keep voting for Democrats. And that, again, I don't think that that is going to resonate with their own voters who are just going to be confused and annoyed by everything. Right. So Uh, I, I don't think it's I I think it will be effective enough because a lot of Democrats are dumb, but I don't think it's going to be this incredible winning strategy.
1: In any sort of way. No, and it's it, it. Yeah, the 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 question. Well, the the fun question, and some of what's coming up in the in the chat here is, you know, is this uh, based on um, incompetence or is it malice in the idea of evil? Like, you know, was this entire speech because because of incompetence or was this just part of some, I don't know overbearing ritual you know like you know it's hard to tell anymore i mean it's it's funny because everybody's seen that video where uh i think what was it was it the world economic forum it's the whole like hey they're not they're totally not part of a cult but here's a bunch of them like wandering in wearing like animal heads and things and this was like a a common thing that was spread around on the internet a few years ago and the excuse that everybody gave was like well it was a few like what was it interns or something like dressing up? And it's like, why is this being videotaped? Like, why are they doing a thing? It's like that, you you see stuff like yeah. that and then you see like the weird red, like, you know, devil speech, the like emperor ascendant speech from a, uh, well, I don't know, I, I would say Biden, but I'm assuming that part of it was necromancy to keep him going. It easily could have been, that seems like it'd be on brand for, for the
2: branded white house.
1: (laughs) So here's the question. What animal do they sacrifice to keep Biden going?
2: Well, now that they don't have abortion, I'm not really sure what they're
1: doing. (laughs) Is that, what if that's what the cows were? Remember just a couple months ago, there were all these cows dropping dead.
2: Oh my, well, that would be. So that would be an just, irresponsible conspiracy
1: theory that we shouldn't entertain. Did we just make a connection? No, anyway, uh, joking aside, one of the ways that we are going to see collusion and meddling in the next election is going to be through um, a lot of social media. So Twitter announced um, this is actually coming from just the news um, Twitter has beefed up tweets policing, uh, tweet policing ahead of the midterms and debunking. Of secure 2020 election narrative. So it says uh, Twitter oh, on Wednesday announced the expansion now. of Birdwatch, a fact checking program yeah. the social media platform began testing last year that has contributors flag misleading tweets with notes that provide informative context. That's called narrative building. Good. In a product announcement two months prior to the November midterm elections, Twitter said it's updating its Birdwatch onboarding process, expanding its uh, contributor base, and elevating the visibility of its information policing notes. Users oh, who see a Birdwatch note on a tweet are 20 to 40% less likely to agree with a potentially misleading tweet and 15 to 35% less likely to like or retweet them than those who see the tweet by itself, Twitter reported. Twitter announced in January that it had not been enforcing its civic integrity policy with the regard to the so-called, quote, lies about the 2020 election since March 2021. The policy was responsible for 300,000 tweets receiving contextual labels for content deemed potentially misleading or disputed over the last couple of weeks of the 2020 presidential election. Well, that's just great. It's fascinating um because i'm pretty sure that joe biden was starting a weird like narrative that he was afraid that maga the unnamed new devil that everyone's afraid of was going to steal uh the next election that's very true he was trying to make that make that connection so that's already starting and of course We already know that there's several issues to include the government is now getting involved in the fact that there were leaks showing the government colluding directly with social media. Here's some audio from a press conference when Karine Jean-Pierre, who's the example of what happens with a diversity hire, um, trying to explain away the collusion between the government and social media. Yeah. Uh, give me one second. I got to skip through an oh. ad here. I just pulled this up.
2: Well, you don't want to no,
1: skip through the ads. That's the worst part. This is seriously
0: the worst. I'm to talk about the social media uh, lawsuits from Missouri and Louisiana. A uh, federal judge ordered that you have 20 days to turn over emails, communicating with social media
2: companies over misinformation. And uh, disinformation. Um, What
1: are those emails going
0: to show? What kind of So I can't comment. You asked me this question last week. Uh, I can't comment on any specifically ongoing uh, litigation. And so again, I refer you. We would refer you to Department of Justice. A couple of things that I would say on just as a general matter on this. Uh, As we've said over and over again since the beginning of the administration in our battle against COVID nineteen, it has been critical for the American people to have access to factual accurate science-based information, on information and ensuring that any media platforms have access to latest information on a once-in-a-generation pandemic is something that has been done since the earliest days of the pandemic, beginning under uh, the former president. So this has happened under the former president. I, I cannot say more uh, from here. It is an ongoing uh, litigation, as you know, and so I would refer you to the department. What about if
2: those communications are still happening? Are there frequent contacts between administration and social media
0: companies? So I'll say this, you know, as as we have said before, there has been ongoing work uh, dating to the Trump administration to provide accurate COVID information where folks get their news. Uh, Again, this is litigation that is ongoing and is currently happening. Clearly, that's why it's ongoing. And so I would refer you to Department of Justice.
2: She says ongoing one too many times there.
1: Well, that's the new excuse is, oh, well, this is part of an ongoing investigation, so I can't comment on it. That's not true. You yeah. absolutely can't comment on it. Like, I don't understand. Why can't you comment on it?
2: Well, because we can't comment on it, you know? We can't comment on it.
1: Oops. No comment. Like, no, this is currently being investigated, um, and uh, people are really upset, and obviously it's a big deal, but I, I, I can't comment on it. And it's what's more amazing is how people would, would take that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, of course she can't comment on it. I mean, well, how could she, how could she comment on this? That That's ridiculous. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, it's.
2: I mean, trying to think that anyone in the administration is going to actually give a straight answer and not just blatantly lie. It's like, this is by far a, this is a much less egregious example of, of how the administration dodges actually informing the american people about any of this
1: well and, and what's like th- think about this think about this answer that you're that you're getting and then i want you guys to imagine that joe biden president of the united states is being impeached and then the mm. question gets asked well, you know, Joe Biden, you're being impeached, you know, like, you know, is there any comment on some of the stuff that's coming out of door? Oh, well, it's an ongoing investigation. We can't comment on it. Right. Like, is that, is that that, silly? Yeah, but that's exactly what they're doing. It's the same thing. And the whole point is, is that they're dodging. And what's, um, I think, personally, that the majority of Americans see exactly how they just refuse to answer things. They dodge around it. They're not going to make any sort of comments whatsoever. And everyone sees through it. It's like, okay, I now know, because one thing that's stronger than most politics is the belief that politicians are always kind of lying to you and are going to kind of screw you. This is far more common on the right than the left, but to be honest, when you get dodgy answers to literally everything and the fact is they kept corinne jean pierre on staff she's not good i'm not gonna go on a whole tirade about her again but she's terrible at her job right like she is not good at her job it is it's 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 a joke at this point that every right wing commentator can play clips of her talking every single week because she's so incredibly bad, but what's worse is she's kept on staff. So for one reason or another, there is value in how awful she is at this.
2: Well, she is very good at
1: making it so that
2: she's very good at not giving a straight answer and obfuscating the answers that she's, she's great at being a bad press secretary. (laughs) which seems to be her her job and the thing is that is useful to the democrats it's like if you don't give a straight answer then you can't get criticized and you like the whole goal is to essentially trick the american people into supporting things that are against their interest and this is a really good way to kind of do that
1: yeah and it's 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 almost as if, well, they're they're using the seeming incompetence because, of course, that's what everyone seizes on, right? We just talked about it. Like, God, she's so terrible, she's so awful, which is more of a deflection from the the White House is lying about this, right? Most most definitely, I, mm-hmm. and so I, I think that that is something that we always need to be cognizant of because, yeah, it's fun. To point out how ridiculous and bad she is at this job but at the same time they're keeping her there because they can use that incompetence to keep people from looking under the hood right which is kind of the whole point now with that being said taking you know taking a look at the collusion that was going on with social media oh by the way and sorry i real quick How hilarious is it that they tried to like blame Trump? Like, are you suggesting that Twitter was working on behalf of Donald Trump? Was that, was that what she was driving at? Like actually this started under the previous administration, you know, really it was Trump's fault. Oh, so Trump was colluding with Twitter. You want the American people to believe that that Twitter and Trump hand in hand were, you know, policing social media posts. Yeah, that is pretty pretty ridiculous. The idea but, that any of
2: this is in any way, I don't know. It just is, it's shocking. Again, every time I think that I'm not going to be shocked by the depths at which they kind of descend to, here I am being shocked.
1: <laughs> here I am being shocked. No, they, but that's the collusion in what we talked about a little bit last week. Um, we We discussed the fact of, just Twitter and Facebook and everybody having direct communications with the White House, the White House specifically bringing up social media accounts that they thought should be suppressed uh, because of COVID or election or, you know, really what the hell ever. So we talked about that. I didn't think that a week later we would be discussing more collusion like that. And that is the news coming out about credit card companies that are now going to be tracking gun purchases um and alan if you don't mind i'm going to step away for a second but if you can kind of give a rundown real quick of how that's how that kind of works so people understand what's being pushed here so the idea
2: was essentially credit card companies are have i guess announced would might be the wrong way to put it um let me pull up my little thing, my little cheat sheet here. So essentially this it is oh, it's a collusion between credit card companies and the Democrat party. So um, I believe it was last week, Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts and representative Madeline Dean of Pennsylvania, along with more than a dozen other Washington policymakers, sent a letter to Visa, MasterCard, and American Express, calling on them to support the creation of a new code. <sighs> essentially it's and Mayor at- Eric Adams of New York City, Attorney General Alicia Williams of New York State, Attorney General Rob Benita of California publicly pushed the credit card company for credit card companies to support it. What were they supo- asking them to support? Essentially that Visa, MasterCard, and American Express would plan to start separately categor- categorizing sales at gun stores. So in the, basically in the internal documentation of these credit card companies, if you make a sale at a gun store, it doesn't count as just a normal purchase. It doesn't appear as a normal purchase, but it is tracked as a separate and distinct, um, separate and distinct classification of purchase, much like if you go to a gas station or if you go to maybe a grocery store, they will track these things as slightly di- as differently. And they, a bunch of Democrat lawmakers asked these companies, Hey, can you track all sales of guns, guns, and ammunition as its own separate, unique ident- with its own separate, unique identifier and a bunch of credit card companies agreed. Now the that on its face doesn't change anything. It doesn't cause essentially more anything to change. But it, what it does is if Democrats then in a couple of years want to go, hey, we want to start, I don't know, IRS auditing every single person that's been purchasing too many what we think is too many guns and am, guns and ammunition or oh, this person made more than a $100 purchase of firearms and ammunition over the course of a year, we should probably have the FBI investigate them as a possible domestic terrorist.
1: Well, we so, saw we saw yeah. um, events like that where there were ATF agents that were knocking on people's doors because they made a couple, you know, they they had purchased like two firearms, you know, yeah, uh, what have you, and this got luckily it got revealed quickly and it stopped. There is a hilarious video uh, from a couple months ago. If you guys follow us on Twitter, you'd see it where the reaction of a guy knocking on the door and asking about previous purchases was the gentleman locked his door, called the police and said, there's a man posing as a federal agent and asking about my guns. Yeah, And there's the, there you can get the body cam footage of two police officers engaging with this guy. You know, understand the call was um, that there's a guy pretending to be a federal agent out here. And for whatever reason this dude gets so combative with the cops that they end up cuffing and tasing him hilarious this is a federal agent because that guy's like just think about the arrogance because the guy's like oh my god i'm a federal agent and they're like well why don't you just you know why don't you just come over here he's like are you serious and he just kept being combative so hilarious to see that video but shocking at the same time because why is the atf asking people about their weapon purchases so those,
2: so in that specific instance, what the, the, what the ATF uses is um, issues over straw purchases. So if you buy a bunch of guns uh, at one time, the, the way the ATF approaches that is there is a potential that you are going to be illegally reselling these firearms to people that shouldn't be allowed to own guns. And that's what they use to essentially try and investigate people like this. I don't necessarily believe that that's something they should be doing, but that's essentially their own excuse on uh, in defense
1: for this sort of behavior. Right. And, and of course, like we all know what this is, like the Democrats know that they wouldn't be able to, you know, create lists. They wouldn't be able to create like a, a full on firearms registry, but this will do it for them. If at any right. moment they needed to, there's, there's a full on registry. They could just pull the database and, and, and go from there. Plus then, you know, they, they basically have an official record. They have some sort of codified official record of who owns weapons, you know, and to be fair, everything. Addresses, sure. you know, all of it. It is, it is a full on registry. The next step in that chain is why are the credit card companies going along with it? Why do they care? what does impressing random democrat legislators get them right
2: and that's then that's actually a very more to more difficult question to answer because what how do they benefit from this well that's a i don't really have a good answer other than they get to be in cahoot's more with the federal government and so when it comes time to calculate a company's e s g score or something like that, they will essentially have political favors that they can call in. Hey, remember when we helped you dis helped you de facto disarm Americans? Okay, uh we now demand something in return. I think that's kind of
1: the plan. Right. well, and I mean, on top of that is. The entire concept and the thing that's consistently defended all the time, especially by neocons when we get upset over activity like this, is, well, it's a free market. They're allowed to do whatever they want. I mean, everyone should be a little weirded out when MasterCard and Visa to you know, people competing against each other suddenly agree on something. Uh, that typically should be a sign that something's up because that's usually not how that works. Uh, but that's going to be the response that we get is a uh, free market. You can't touch it. Oh my gosh. Um, right. Well, is it a free market though? When the, like this is all political there's yeah. there's zero business reason for credit card companies to give a damn about this zero. Yeah. So what, I mean, I I'm somewhat, you know, hypothetically asking the question, why? And I can't see it any other way than this has to be tied to the new liberal policies of things like ESG funds. Where right. and ESG,
2: government... essentially ESG is a social credit score. I forget the exact, what the term really means, but it's something that's pushed by the world economic forum as a way to control business and keep business and corporations loyal to the new world order. Essentially, it's, oh, well, we can we can now regulate everything about your business because you have a social credit score that's tied to your business. Oh, you're you're hiring too many people. You're hiring too many white people. Well, that'll lower your credit score or you're you're polluting too much. You have too much carb. You're putting out too much carbon. We can now control all of these businesses at any level of detail that we want, because through this uh, the use of these ESG scores.
1: Right. And ESG is environmental, social, and governance. Right. So
2: essentially says, well, we believe that your company isn't good, in, isn't a good enough social, I don't know, doesn't have a good, a good enough social impact. So therefore we can tax you higher. We can regulate you more. We can take, use the power of government to, to pick, to make sure that you win or lose the, the free market. Yeah, the and way the- Think of things like with these credit card companies. If people like the World Economic Forum could, they would bankrupt firearm companies from selling to individual citizens. If the Democrat Party could, they absolutely would. Because they, then they can get, essentially all it is, is a way to make sure that their agenda can, be, can happen without the need to do the messy business of democracy.
1: Right. The way so the way that they break these things down for these ESG uh, this ESG scoring system is the for environmental it's climate change strategy, biodiversity, water efficiency, energy efficiency, carbon intensity, environmental management system. For social it's equal opportunities, freedom of association, health and safety, human rights, customer and products responsibility, child labor, and for governance it's business ethics compliance, board independence, executive compensation, and shareholder democracy. In other words, it's a bunch of giant regulations that pretend like they're not giant regulations. It is a complete sidestep to governmental regulation, like liberal governmental regulation and socialism by doing it in the idea of creating some arbitrary random score that is then taken into consideration for investments, and then it's also taken into consideration for business with the government. Right. And strangely enough, until recently, barely a peep out of these supposed free market neocon, you know, don't say mean things about Twitter because they're a private company. Right.
2: Now these and these these same people will be go very far out of the way to ensure that essentially democrats can keep using the using whatever it's using force against you. Well, they're not using the power of the government. Okay, but they are manipulating private businesses to eliminate essentially my rights on a de facto scale. A de facto end of the a de facto elimination of a right is this is exactly the same as the government doing it. No, well, as long as it's not the government, like well it's somebody it. this shows how, how little they actually care about rights. It's mm-hmm. what are your rights? What are your freedoms worth? Well, as long as the government's not doing it, it's fine. You're like, well, then you don't actually care about your, about these rights because they're, un, they're unimportant to you because you're like, well, it's the government's doing it. So, you know, then it's, then it's fine. You're like, well, that's ridiculous. I don't know. I, I have a lot no of ire aimed at essentially the sort of free market libertarian folk because they're just so bad at
1: pre- actually protecting rights. Yeah, they, their obsession is not with the right. It's with who's abusing it. Exactly. Like it, it's not, they don't hold sacred the right itself because they'll make excuses on, well, I'm not upset that somebody's rights are being violated. I just want to make sure that they're not being violated by certain people. It's a lot like saying like, well, who murdered the guy? Because that, that matters on whether or not I care about it. I don't care that someone got murdered. I just, I only care about who actually committed the murder. And that seems a little weird, right? Oh, absolutely. That's exactly, that's exactly the deal is with, with that whole kind of the free market, you know, free market libertarianism is in reality, yeah, it's it's in, in reality, it's I want to whine about the government and I don't want to actually have the hard discussion. For example, I mean, I'll give you an example right now. Like it, it does suck because I I always find it funny when people are like the first amendment can only be violated by the government. Right. Yeah. I mean, is that how you interpret it? Because I'm pretty sure it says that it's an inalienable right given to us by our creator. So if, if you're going to be if we're going to be honest here the freedom of speech being a god-given right you're kind of defying god if you take someone's freedom to speak away sure that that to me seems a little bit like i feel like the interpretation of like well everything that's written there in the constitution is about whether or not the government can do something and don't get me wrong because some of the free speech stuff gets really stupid for example somebody starts Putting a bunch of dumb things on the comment section here on our program, I'm going to mute that person. And they're going to say, oh, I thought you were about free speech. This is a thing that liberals do all the time. And so I get that there are gradients there. That's the issue. Nobody wants to get into that gray area. Right. It's like they, they want it to be 100% this way or 100% that way because they don't want to just have the adult conversation the uneasy conversation of, I don't think that social media with how powerful it is should just have a right to editorialize and do all of these things because they're doing it specifically for politics and to push a specific message. And I think that it's inherently evil. And then somebody says, so that's just like someone being able to like poop on the side of the street while screaming at like random passerbys because it's the same thing. No, it's not that guy should all should be shut up. Twitter should be shut up. I don't understand. Like, yeah, essentially,
2: that's the that's that there's that's the rub of a lot of the free market is like, well, if if you have the power of money, which is more powerful than any one individual being leveraged against individuals, Then you need to rein in the free, then your, then your market, it doesn't matter how free your market is, your people are not free. There is no liberty or freedom for the people that you want liberty and freedom for. So then why have a free market? Like the utility of the free market is not so, you know, my 401k can keep growing. The utility of the free market is that it keeps people free.
1: Right. And with the example of this uh, uh, this credit card issue going on, right? Because the, the standard answer is like, well, just build your own. Alan, do you think you could build your own credit card company in the United States of America? I do not believe that I could. I believe that would be very, very difficult for me to achieve. Yeah. Likely impossible. Likely, yes. And, and I mean, a big reason why is too much regulation. There's a lot of, yeah. Yeah will defend MasterCard because free market. Except it's not free because you can't. Yeah. You can't go build your own credit card company. And even if you could, would you pass the ESG score that we never saw any of these supposed free market absolutists fight against? I would not. Well, no, it's I mean, it, it's not the government, Alan. So it's OK.
2: Yeah. Right. Anyway, that's It's very silly. It's one of these things that freedom, the it's, it's just yet another pillar to attack and destroy America. That's all it is. They know that conservatives and other people will stand up and try and support the free market. And so they're trying to attack them on a axis that they feel they won't be able to defend themselves. That's, that's all this really is.
1: I think it's what, what impresses me is back to what we were kind of, what we were talking about earlier. This is the worst timing for you to do this. Like heading into the midterms, the Democrat party got credit card companies to basically come out and be like, it's okay, guys. We're going to start tracking gun purchases. Like, first of all, any gun owner, really most Americans are going to be very uncomfortable. Like the minute you start saying (laughs) large corporations going to start tracking X, people get very uncomfortable. As they should. Yeah. Like that's, it's not a thing. So you might not be, there are Democrats that are going to be very, very bothered by this. Yeah. And you put that out and they're going to act like it's somehow a victory in some weird nature. And it's like, it. like I've said this, I've made this joke before. It's almost like some right-wing people all got together and this is all just like this long like 4chan-esque like years long troll where they've been advising democrats how to shoot themselves in the knee and reveal how terrible they actually are because think about that five years ago alan if i came to you and i said the democrats are going to prove to everybody in the united states that they collude with large businesses to push their liberal agenda, would you, would you think that that was actually possible? Or would you think that they were too smart and cunning and they would be hiding it? I would, I would think they would be hiding
2: it at least a lot better than they they currently are.
1: Yeah. Like it's a hundred percent, like it's, it's a hundred percent out there. It's just, oh yeah, yeah, no, we were, we were protecting you by silencing certain posts on social media. By the way, most of those ones that we silenced are, you know, like the claim that Corinne Jean-Pierre made, which was, well, they were backing it by science. Yeah. Except half of the stuff you blocked has now been proved, or over half of what you blocked has now been proven true to include they're even examining myocarditis. Yeah. Like, it's insane. I've never been, I've never lived in a time where I've seen things be able to be debunked so quickly. And it's pretty awesome, but it's also really weird. Most
2: definitely, it is a very strange time. Like well, look over. Like, I show.
1: think something that's it's on the it's
2: on the order of if certain reports are to be believed, one in 6, do, one in six thousand recipients of the COVID vaccine will experience severe uh, reaction, including up to death. One in six thousand, and that's a out of the millions, something like 200 million Americans plus have been vaccinated, which means that there is thousands, if not tens of thousands, of people that have had serious health compromised. Have their had their health seriously compromised by the COVID vaccine? And because of the efforts by the government and the media to ensure that that information stayed secret. We are only now barely starting to understand the true scope of the tragedy that just occurred with this vaccine. And yeah. boy, if that is correct, if it is one in six thousand, heck, if it's even one in twelve thousand, that is a that, that that's just a shocking amount of human suffering that got fostered on people simply for spite and politics.
1: I mean, no, that's yeah, that's it's. I can't believe how much uh, like we, we've kind of gotten away from from COVID quite a bit on the show because obviously it was like such a dominant thing for so long, right? That, but it is so absolutely fascinating now to have to sit there and see all of the stuff. I mean, I, I want to remind everybody: we used to be on YouTube, we stopped. Because we got banned for COVID misinformation. <laughs> yeah. Like we got blocked on YouTube because of COVID misinformation. The stuff we were saying, masks weren't effective. There are problems with this vaccine. It has not been gone through. Uh there are, you know the efficacy of this vaccine doesn't even seem to make any, you know, doesn't look like it's actually going to, you know, be effective. How could it be effective? Blah, blah, blah. All this stuff, social distancing, everything. It's all been shown to be BS. It is just astounding to me. And the the problem is, is, is there going to be any accountability to it? Who, and honestly, who does it take? Yeah. Who needs, be held accountable for regular americans who lost their job who have gone through hell whose kids have by the way just so you know we've uh, you know reached the milestone of 30 years worth of uh literacy in this country wiped away and same thing with math as well so the next question has to be you know who 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 do we need to hold accountable to make americans feel better about that
2: I don't know.
1: I don't know, but so, it's, uh, it's not great. So here's some crazy other headlines, unless there's something you wanted to dive into, but I have uh, some other fun stuff. And for those of you who don't know, if you are a subscriber at our Subscribestar, you will now get daily headlines that you can go check out at com forward slash wrongthinkradio, where there's the headlines. You know, it's just some of the news that's been popping up for that day and just some real real quick, you know, couple paragraphs or so um on that that kind of links it back to what's really going on so you can sort of see how our how our brains work within the show so if you're a subscriber there you can pick up those daily headlines there um but there were some entertaining things that i do want to hit um because why not Um, one of the things that i did find entertaining i know uh i keep saying that i i don't care about celebrity news but then celebrities do funny things and so i can't i can't help but have to jump into some of this um there was a piece in vogue about jennifer lawrence which okay um we all for those of you who don't know how all of this kind of works is you know you you get one of these puff pieces pieces done uh and then you start you you kind of feed in different uh narratives in there and it gets attention probably because you have a movie coming out or what have you and right there's some of that going on, but in this puff piece, Jennifer Lawrence stated that she has nightmares about Tucker Carlson and has to talk to a therapist about Tucker Carlson. I don't believe that for a second. (laughs) Certainly not like there's seriously. Yeah. It's definitely, it's not true, but this is, um, this is part of 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 the piece uh that that was that was pointed out here much of her disappointment this is from the vogue piece much of her disappointment was directed at certain relatives back in louisville kentucky where she'd grown up including her father the 2016 election had torn open a rift in her family oh Oh, family. oh no Particularly since having, having a baby, she had been trying to heal. She even discussed with her therapist the recurring nightmares she has about Tucker Carlson. Quote, I just worked so hard in the last five years to forgive my dad and my family and try to understand. It's different. The information they are getting is different. Their life is different. Lawrence had a haunted look in her eyes. She would stop at times to apologize or make sel- a self-deprecating joke, then get visibly overtaken by emotion again. I felt like I was watching a real-life version of whatever, whatever it is that happens when she acts. Uh. She's traumatized because people vote differently than her, everyone. She's traumatized because people don't agree with her
2: well if you so if you read if you read between the lines on that a lot of what it is is they're getting bad information oh it's, it's they're just so poisoned by disinformation that it's causing all of this horror and chaos and, and they're just they, they would be okay so think of the way that was written they would be good wholesome beautiful democrat people if it wasn't for the misinformation they were getting from the likes of Tucker Carlson mm mm-hmm.
0: mhm
1: you want to know what's funny? What's that? What's funny? Think about this. Like, like, You're exactly right on what she's saying, but why don't we take a look real quick? So her family lives in Louisville or Louisville if you're a local to Kentucky. Right. Well, what's that? Well, Louisville is a you know, large, pretty large city in Kentucky. It has several different ethnic groups lots of different people it's what people would call a diverse city right sure and it's relatively in kind of the middle of the country and kentucky's a very nice place but um it's in a city full of a lot of different kinds of people well okay okay. what about jennifer lawrence where's she from where where would her information and her normal social aspect come from um the rich suburban Los Angeles. Yeah. She's surrounded by millionaires, a bunch of different millionaires who make a ton of different money and all do the same job and all work in the same industry. And I know that this is obvious to everyone, but the idea that not just Jennifer Lawrence saying this, but that, a journalist sat there while Jennifer Lawrence, a millionaire who lives with a bunch of other millionaires in giant mansions and all work in the same industry, and she's bitching about in reality, my family lives in an echo chamber. No, yeah, that this is exactly it. This is how backwards these also, people are. How much are. do you bet
2: she spent so much all this time? Like, how much is she? It's like, my dumb conservative family in Louisville are just so dumb and conservative and dumb.
1: No, that's exactly it. And everyone in Los Angeles agreed with her, and then she couldn't figure out. This, is, this gets to the fundamental thing that we've been pointing out for over a year now on this program is this is why the left is so bad at this. Is because she does exactly what you just did, Alan. She says, well, I can't believe that my, my idiot family just like believes this stuff. And it was like, they probably watch Fox news. It's probably Tucker. And she's like, see everyone else agrees with me. It must be that there's something wrong with them. And at no point did she think, wait a minute, because why would she, but it's like, wait a minute, you're surrounded by liberals. Your family, on the other hand, faces pushback every single day. This is where liberals have a problem. Conservatives consistently have to defend their position. Liberals don't. And so when suddenly their position is threatened, they have to go to therapy and have nightmares, supposedly, because a a, a news host exists. That's how earth shattering or at least pl- pretending how earth shattering it is for Jennifer Lawrence. When someone has a different opinion. Well, she has the to reality
2: go- is, yeah. is, is Jennifer Lawrence trying to get the, get a role in a new movie? Of course, probably I bet. She's only, she's only saying things like this to court, the political elite in Hollywood, to ensure that she's
1: viewed favorably in the casting couch. Oh, well, So it's, it's, well, easy there. <laughs> you can't say casting couch. Canon. Well, well, how do you think she got <laughs> all her parts? Snap. Did, was she
2: blowing Harvey Weinstein? Because I mean, why do we care about the opinions of any of these people when they're so
1: morally compromised? Well, it's, it's, it's funny that you say that. So, um, because this came out and and we put it in our headlines, it becomes even more interesting because right after this, I'm so traumatized. Look at how victim I am. Look at, make sure that everyone knows that I'm a a good, good, uh, um, sorry, I'm a, I'm a good liberal. Uh, She suddenly turned around and uh, is complaining that, Leonardo DiCaprio made more money than her in uh, Don't Look Up. Okay. Don't care. So that – well, no, but that was the entire point of it. Faction Hollywood – because she's going to bitch about her pay, it's going to. She's going to go back to the "I got paid less because I'm a woman." Oh, and by the way, to your point, I just did a quick Google search because I don't keep this stuff in my memory. Harvey Weinstein bragged of sex with Jennifer Lawrence, according to womp, a lawsuit.
0: Womp that womp womp. Back wah. in
1: 2018, that came out. Um, and additionally, Meryl Streep, gross. Jennifer Lawrence speak out after being named in a Weinstein lawsuit. So, <laughs> gross. <laughs> just... but the point is is you're you're absolutely right she posted she did this whole vanity fair thing where she talks about being traumatized because of politics and all this other nonsense she,
2: she was probably traumatized by harvey weinstein's lizard penis
0: <laughs>
1: why do you know about harvey weinstein's penis wait does oh, he no that came out in the that came out in the in the trial he
2: apparently has uh, physical had physical deformities and had like a bizarre lizard penis
1: oh my god
2: like he had like a tiny lizard micro penis thing oh yeah doesn't that throw all the uh like weird sexual advances on women into a
1: much like darker bizarre light yeah Be- because the lizard part or just because he has like a tiny a tiny knob and he was all just like <laughs> like uh, put himself either in either both doesn't matter <laughs> does it really matter <laughs> no but yeah they- so, but the point is is to to the point that you were making is you know to get a role in a movie but in reality to try to get all of this um to, to, to try to get all of this uh, attention and backing so then she could turn around and complain about not make not making as much as a man in a stupid movie by the way that was just total trash sure um, yeah but yeah and so it it doesn't really matter because I don't, I don't think it fell with people like who, who cares? Like, yeah, I don't know any regular American that's going to be like, oh no, poor Jennifer Lawrence is traumatized because her family didn't vote the way she wanted. Right. Like that's, weird. I guess that's once again, it's weird that they thought that that would work. It is kind of strange, right? Yeah. Like did, what, what were you going for here? But additionally on that, or other, other additional fun things um, that we picked up because I went <laughs> way too far down the rabbit hole on that. But now we had to talk about a lizard. Thanks a lot, Alan. I'm not going to be able to get that out of my head. The people need to know. <clears throat> In my mind, it's just him and a chameleon on a branch. Ew. Yeah. But also, uh, there were video leaks uh, that came out. Uh, footage that was given to the Gateway Pundit earlier this week of ballot traffickers that were dropping off hundreds of ballots in drop boxes for the 2020 election in Detroit. What's going to come out of that? I don't know. But uh, that's uh, once again, another uh, data point that gets added to all the weirdness that happened in the 2020 election. The fact that it is still being investigated as much as the news wants to keep saying, stop talking about it, It is actually still being talked about. There still are investigations and lawsuits. That's the whole deal is once again, we're going to see the same tactic of all these fact checks are going to say, no court has ruled at all whatsoever on 2020 until perhaps a bunch of courts do rule on it and say, this stuff was really messed up. And then they'll just be like, oh, okay, well, we'll change our fact check just like we did with COVID. Yeah. So. Fact check, maybe. Fact check, maybe. So, speaking of fact checks, that is actually a really great segue. Um, the Lincoln Project, just like Joe Biden, is obsessively going after Donald Trump still. Oh, I thought uh, you were going to say children. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, actually, dogs, but we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> But the, uh, the Lincoln project um, decided to start making, their big question is that people donated a bunch of money to Trump, but what's Trump doing with that money? Is it going into any races for, uh, for the, the midterms? And they're saying that it's not. That none of Trump's um, money is. None of the money that was donated to Trump is going into any of these 2016 races. Now, okay. before we get into any of the background on, on any of that, At a certain point, people are responsible for what people do. Now, for example, I don't know how much money has been actually donated. I haven't donated any money to Donald Trump since the 2020 election, because why, what, what, what am I donating to? Right. So point I'm trying to make is even if the whole, like, he's just grifting millions off of people. At a certain point, if that's true, it's still kind of those people's fault because what the hell are they donating to? So I was a little surprised to hear about that. Okay. Is what I mean. is like, okay, people are giving – I don't know why anyone would be giving money towards it. I don't know anything about it because I typically don't donate to political stuff anyway. Who, okay, but, who is caring about who, this again? So the Lincoln Project ran an ad. Okay, they're um, traitors, the, so I don't care what they have to say, but go on. We're, we're getting there. The Lincoln project ran an ad a few days ago that said, Trump told you the election was stolen, ripped you off to sucker you to take your hard earned money and shovel it into his pockets. He spent it on himself. Oh, Not okay. Okay. White House. Hang on. It was the biggest scam in political history. Every dollar you sent him paid to keep his shady business empire and lavish lifestyle going. This is what's interesting is I started seeing this come up last week like, er, like, well, sorry, earlier this week, I actually started seeing this come up. So this is somehow a new thing that the Democrats and the liberals are all focusing on. And then they ran this ad, but weirdly enough, it actually had to be fact, it actually got fact-checked by the Washington Post. Okay. As true or not true? As not true. Okay. Interesting. So we've we first checked the campaign finance records of two Trump leadership political action committees, Save America Pact and Make America Great Again PAC. Trump has certainly been hoarding the money at the Save America Pact, sitting on about $100 million in cash, giving uh, relatively little to uh, fellow Republicans. Let's see here. But we could not find any evidence to support the statement that every dollar sent to him was paid to keep his shady business empire, lavish lifestyle going. Uh, the Save America pack, which Trump created after he lost 2020, has spent about $36 million, uh, according to OpenSecrets.org. Mostly spent on fundraising activities, web ads, administrative and attorney fees, yada, yada, yada. Okay. So, I'm interested in this because this is the new line. I started seeing it percolate a little bit, then the Lincoln Project runs it, and they see how it does. If it does well in like in uh, what do we call focus grouping, then the Democrats are going to pick it up and it's going to be the new investigation arm.
2: Right. Now, it's all nonsense because it's a a lot of what it plays on is the, uh, well, they might have done this and that so scary. Um, Especially when you talk about lavish lifestyle. It's like the dude doesn't need your money to live a lavish lifestyle. I don't understand. He's already there. Right. It's already there. But that. this is essentially what we're, what the goal of this is, and it's very transparent, is we're going to try and do a thing that m- tries to drive a wedge between people and supporting Donald Trump with their donations. Now, that's the goal of this is, to, is I think, some efforts. It's like, how can we try and make it so that people don't give money to Donald
1: Trump? Ah, and there therein lies the interest I have in this story. Okay. Why are they worried about that? Because people are going to give a bunch of
2: money to Donald Trump. If Donald Trump runs again, he's going to be as successful as he was in 2020 and get the most votes of any president ever. Now, of course, Biden won, but that's because they manufactured a bunch of fake votes. But think of 2020, how much money he raised was he raised an incredible amount of money he got an incredible amount of votes there was spontaneous trump pro-trump rallies across the country that i don't even know if were organized by him if trump runs again in 2020 there will be this another incredible if not more i would hazard to guess there will be even more excitement for trump in 2024 than there was in 2020. Mm -hmm. and they are terrified of that because it would if I mean, imagine how hard they had to work to steal the last election. I don't know they, if they could do that again because the specter of COVID wouldn't be hanging over everyone's head as prominently. They couldn't manipulate that as easily. And if Trump gets even more, is even more successful or the country is even more awake to this, it's like, my gosh, like, if they try to steal that, steal that, it'll be only more obvious, like probably too obvious. So I think they're very—they're worried that to keep Trump out of out of the Oval Office, they're essentially going to have to do things that almost amount to a civil war.
1: It's so difficult for me, though, to fathom why, because it, like I I, I I totally get it. I just can't understand for the life of me why Trump seems like such a threat. We had an entire administration, and a lot of what people came came away with in in some aspects the big battle that happened post 2020 were people arguing about whether or not he was even effective right
2: so I think the I I think one of the worries there's there could be a lot of things and again this is this has also been very strange to me why wouldn't the whole left they see Trump elected, they see all this excitement okay let's just go underground we won't say anything we won't run anything we'll act as this presidency doesn't even exist and then we come out with hard charging support for Joe Biden. I feel like that would have played better, but for mm-hmm. some reason they they didn't do that. They were they had to screech and scream. The fact that they were screeching about Trump even before he got elected and doing things like manipulating the U.S. national security apparatus to try and keep him from getting into office means it wasn't something that Trump did. That made, they made them so upset. The fact that they were already doing things like getting basically illegal FISA warrants against the opposition campaign, something that seemingly, as far as we know, they've never done before. That's a big Rubicon to cross. They were doing that even before he got into into office. So there's something about Trump, either his focus he has, something about his platform, something that is terrifying to them beyond the policies
1: that we saw. Do you think it's something as simple as how energized regular Americans got, regardless of like Trump himself. But the idea that so many Americans basically like, think about it. We used to talk years and years and years ago before we even started this podcast. And one of the reasons why we ended up starting it was we talked about how you can't just go into your workplace and talk about your politics if you're on the right. People would, and this was prior to cancel culture. It was just, it was a faux pas, but some liberal could be kind of a shitty liberal at work all the time. We would, you and I would discuss this, but some of that has changed because to be fair or not fair, but like liberals, part of the reason for their breakdown, their craziness, their rioting is like we were saying earlier with the whole Jennifer Lawrence thing is they've never been challenged. And once they started getting challenged, they freaked out. They have no idea how to handle a world where people might be like, yeah, I don't I don't agree with you. I think that's dumb. Do you think that that's like nine, 99% of it? Or is that just an oversimplification? Is a lot of the concern that they have is, well, no, these unwashed filth are being allowed to talk and think that they have a right to like question me. I don't care who it is, we have to shut that down and it must be Trump. I think sort of. So I think I think the average everyday run of the mill
2: democrat voting american person that you know is downstream of an entire propaganda opera- apparatus designed to keep their mind on un- confused, designed to keep them on sort of a mental plantation if you will. I think what Trump represents is the possibility that that entire control mechanism of the media, Hollywood, academia could all become crashing down immediately. They know how tenuous it is. The whole thing is built on this foundation of lies. Academic papers that are absolutely lies and nonsense. Movies that are lies and nonsense. Television shows that are lies and nonsense. All designed to give the average person a distorted view of what the reality of the world is. And they rely in the entirety of the left's power relies on that distorted view of reality being shared by a large number of citizens so that they don't rise up, riot, and overthrow them. It's like, think of things. A a really good example is like black crime. Black Americans are 15% of the population, but 15% of all, but count for 15% of all murderers. That's an entire, that's crazy. But if you watch Hollywood and television, you'll get the perception that, oh, no, it's all equal. Like, there's no, there's nothing to worry about there. It, to the point where there are movies in Hollywood that they will base off of real crimes that happened and then swap the races to make it look so, so that people don't pay attention. Like there's a really famous movie. I believe it starts Sandra Bullock. And the in the movie, two white southerners kill and murder rape and murder a black girl and it's this horrible crime and it's about bringing them justice the real book the book that was based on was based on a real incident that involved two black men that raped and murdered a couple white girls and the people in hollywood switched the races because they knew that would help reinforce the image that they wanted to portray and this happens throughout all media throughout television government okay so we have all that i think what donald Trump represents okay and, and let's add one more piece to that people know that most of this isn't true they know that that uh russia isn't Oh, and the russian evil russians are their biggest threat Like most people know that that's not true most people know that like all of these government regulations and big businesses infringing our rights most people don't like that the vast majority of america is what we would call conservative they want immigration control they want border control they want lower taxes they want less regulation they want more liberty they don't want the stuff that democrats push they but in order to make people want that they have to make them confused and manipulated into a living in a world that isn't real so that they will advocate for things that are against their own interests but for the interests of the people that pay money to the democrat party donald trump i think in part potentially represents the destruction of that illusion if you let Trump get into office he is he was i mean he's absolutely ridiculous but he th- would throw off that that illusion and if his policies are successful, it could put America on this course where everyone would suddenly start questioning everything about the, what the left says and does his his presidency alone thoroughly discredited the entire media, which absolutely had to happen because the media was a big problem and keeping people in this illusion. Imagine if he had had another 4 years, would acad- I mean academic academia kind of discredited itself over COVID. I think that's what they were the most terrified of was Donald Trump riding this wave of popular support. If he's successful, it would throw off the illusion they're trying to put people in because the vast majority because they have to expend more and more energy every year to maintain that fiction. And Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's what they were worried about is they know that that fiction is very tenuous, that it only exists because of this concentrated campaign to keep people confused. And one of the things they reacted so badly to Trump was he represented a, a way that that illusion could be shattered overnight and they didn't have the resources to co- combat it. So they went all in on trying to stop him at every possible turn because if he was successful, if his policies were successful, if America got better, if there was a change to the global world order so that the United States was maybe not acting like basically a giant empire that was trying to control the like the global American empire, if that changed in a way that actually was better for America and other countries, if we stopped getting in wars everywhere, if we stopped, you know, started, Stop doing some of these things like that. If we had tariffs against China and it returned a bunch of jobs to the United States, oh my gosh, like all the neocons, all the neoliberals, their entire globalist worldview would no longer be defensible. It's currently indefensible to anyone paying attention, but they have all uh, all these mechanisms to keep people from not seeing it. Trump, I think, would have made it so people could not help but see that the emperor has no clothes, that the whole post-World War II world order of U.S. globalist expansion has essentially transformed into U.S. being in kind of evil empire on the globe. And that all these globalist groups like the World Economic Forum, the U.N., were essentially using the power of the United States to push a system of global slavery. I mean, that sounds relatively hyperbolic and is maybe a tit-tat extreme, but I think the worry, the, the, what the danger Trump represents is that he would expose all of that for what it was, and he would have enough popular support from normal people that it could be stopped.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely think, I think a lot of it is <clears throat> the populist outreach, more, more so than the person, the, the person himself. It, it's, it's the populist outreach that happened. And some of that is tinged by my own bias of the of just what disgusts me about politicians and Washington, D.C. in general. But I think encapsulating kind of everything that, that you're pointing out here is we've regularly seen um, an attack from the elite on both sides of the aisle against anything that really sort of harkens towards a, a populist approach. Basically, regular Americans being able to say and have an opinion uh for for lack of a better way to say it and i think that that's what scares all of these people more than anything else now it's super weird to see how much they're freaking out after a singular person because all that's going to do is codify it yeah like it is very strange, and, and a lot of it is, is somewhat hilarious in the, the mixed messaging, right? Because, you know, extreme MAGA or, you know, dark MAGA or whatever term that Joe Biden's using this week is a super huge threat to democracy, except uh, Democrats are going to fund it because they think it'll be easier to beat them in November. Maybe. So you're funding candidates that you think are threats to democracy. So, it certainly
2: seems like there is something about Trump that we don't know that the left, that people on the left does, or maybe people at the very top of the hierarchy in the left know, that that is the nexus of a lot of this. Because it does still seem somewhat inexplicable. Yeah, It seems like they note that, I mean, well, part of it was Trump was a critical component in Jeffrey Epstein getting arrested.
0: That's so,
2: true. I mean, it could just be uh, ire at that, that he ruined our global, basically... Money laundering, blackmail scam, and that's a problem. I mean, it could be that, that that's a that's a indicator of something greater. That he he's someone someone powerful who knows a lot of their secrets, who is either has always been or has turned against against them. And I don't know. There's something about Trump, regardless of what it is. There's something about Trump that terrifies these people, and they are going to do anything to keep from getting political power again.
1: Yeah. And and to be fair, their like obsession and just like kind of psychopathy on the entire subject is phenomenal for us. We get to see that the U.S. government is able, like we're able to see what assets of the United States government are immediately weaponized for politics. Like the FBI has zero credibility in this country anymore. Yeah, like no regular. I mean, there's always been a little bit and healthily, I would say, a skepticism of any sort of federal law enforcement, and that's all been brought to a head because I want to remind everybody that through the 1990s, the highest-rated television show in the 1990s was the X Files. Yeah, a show whose entire premise was how corrupt the government was and all the things they were hiding from you the american people yeah. uh strictly because they were doing it for power <laughs> right right the uh, so, the government was the bad guys in that one yeah yeah the government was the bad guy in the x-files and the fbi was a central point to the that pushing uh, that power that power structure right right and so just remember that, that, that was, that's not a new concept, but we got away from it for a while. Now we're going back to it. And so I think it's healthy, of course, um, and does make for good television, if we're being honest. But at the same time, um, you, have to, you have to definitely, you have to see where a lot of that, that, or well, what they're showing us, I'm sorry, is the assets that are being used we are seeing the playbook played out. It's just very, like what I'm, what I'm getting at is this is stupid. Why? Like they're, they're showing us all of the weapons that they want to use to go after Trump. Who's not even running in this election. And for some reason they think it's going to be effectual. And I don't think it is because at the end of the day, nobody in the United States is going to be excited over supporting the Guy with dementia who sends the FBI after his political opponent. To include, there's more reports that something like 30 between 35 and 50 people had visits from the FBI. Everything from random Facebook groups are being indicted in court cases. Yeah, there's a Facebook group, I think it's called MAGA Women who is being represented by uh, Harmeet Dillon, who's a a phenomenal free speech lawyer. But they were indicted and searched by the FBI a few days ago. They want all of their communications. They want all of their emails. They want all of their financial records because they're a Facebook group in a pack called like MAGA Women. Uh, Okay. And they're using the guise of either national security or January 6th as the reason. To be honest, it's to look under the hood of the entire fundraising operation of the Republican Party. Yeah. That's, that's a huge part of it, is Democrats being able to see the fundraising operation of the Republican Party so they can try to destroy it. But the, se- the second effect of it too is making a list of names of who the most influential people are so you can shut them down. The for weirdest sure, part is sure. everyone knows this. It's not like some sort of weird mystery. We could literally if I if I were in a an argument with random liberal person, I could pull up a news story, maybe even from a site that they wouldn't immediately dismiss and go, but doesn't this look like they're just trying to get a bunch of information on how a campaign is run? So they could just basically try to silence it and try to win an election. Like, doesn't that seem bad to you? does. And does. so it blows my mind. Why are they this transparent to drive us insane and try to push us into violence? People on the right. Is that why they're so transparent or are they just so arrogant or is it that they're dumb? I think like, it's which arrogant. Way you okay. I think it's arrogant.
2: I think they are very arrogant. I think they feel comfortable that the right will never hit uh, strike back at them.
1: Okay. Okay. So second question, because I didn't get the chance to ask you this last week, but on on kind of the same subject, if they're if they're obviously arrogant about it, and then you had the whole, you know, Emperor's ascendancy, I'm gonna go fight MAGA in the streets or whatever from Joe Biden, when none of this violence and terror occurs how likely is it that they're going to fabricate it?
2: it wouldn't surprise me based on everything else they say. I certainly wouldn't be shocked.
1: It would be totally
2: on brand for them.
1: Yeah, that's been my thing is remember there's always that that fun thing called the October surprise, right? And we we you know, we're only a few weeks out. I am waiting. I'm telling you right now that if any crazy thing happens in October, not, not for the same reasons that you've seen before that, or that you may have seen on the internet. The minute I start seeing things, like if there's, I don't know, a group of people, firebomb DNC headquarters, pipe bomb found, um, I don't know, governor kidnapped, let's say, uh, my immediate reaction is going to be, these are the feds, it's the feds, those are the feds. Like yeah. zero way. You're going to have to convince me that it's not the FBI or <laughs> other assets in the intelligence. And, and am I wrong? Uh, no, not really. Yeah. What do you think the likelihood of us being wrong if we just came out and said that was probably federal agents? What do you think the likelihood of us being wrong would be? 20% at best. 20%. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not good. That's an 80% likelihood that it was the feds. <laughs> like we're at about an 80 percent likelihood that this was the fence. Oh my God. But it's, I mean, they don't, obviously they don't go very, you know, they're not sending their best. Yeah. So, so I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, um, that the whole thing's bananas and I'm interested in it. Um, to that point, I did want to reiterate what I said earlier is I, I think that in the next couple of weeks, hell, if not even right next week, we're probably going to see an indictment of Trump because they really need to ratchet it up. I think Democrats are showing that they're really desperate. But as fun as that is to watch the left be desperate, it's also very scary because when they get desperate, they do crazy things. Um, so, you know. My recommendation to everybody out there, number one, is just you know be be prepared for something similar or akin to the summer of love. You know, just make sure like make sure you have a plan for what happens if the streets start being filled with you know anti-far Black Lives Matter. You know, uh, and additionally, just prepare for random supply chain shortages because some of that magic may happen too. It's highly unlikely because obviously the Democrats are in total power, so they probably don't want that to happen, but you never know. Um, Yeah. But the second part of it too is don't get goaded into something stupid. I'm not saying don't be part of groups and don't be part of communities. If you are physically meeting with people and you guys are going out and say you're knocking on doors for a candidate or you're meeting up with your local party, all of those things are fine be very mm-hmm. skeptical of stuff online if it looks like a fed if it glows like a fed it might be a fed just there's there's definitely that but they are 100% right now as we speak the Biden government is absolutely trying to goad right-wing people into violence just so they can try to arrest other people and call their political opposition a national security crisis yeah just So you're aware. probably now, the last thing that we'll hit today, speaking of national security, I would be remiss if I didn't point out that Zelensky president of Ukraine is deciding that he's going to go directly to defense contractors to make, to make an appeal for more weapons for Ukraine, which. Am, am I stupid? Is that weird? Like, is that, know, is that not weird? Is there somewhere where it's not weird that a president of a foreign country is going to American defense contractors and saying, you should give me weapons?
2: Yeah, well, so it's not so much he's just saying, give me weapons. It's that they're ha- having a basically arms show where Zelensky is going to interact with all of these different defense contractors and say, "Oh wow, wow, we really need some javelins. Oh, and these, oh, we'll take a few stingers as well and oh, these these systems are very nice. We we, we have a few of those in the next aid package." And then all of these defense contractors will use their lobbyists to ensure that the things that Zelensky hand picks out of their catalogs will be included in the next defense acquisitions bill. Hmm.
1: Yeah, that seems. Yeah, it's
2: one of those where you go, wait. So, there is a military industrial complex and that is what is driving these wars. Huh. Yeah, like, I thought like that we, was a
1: left-wing conspiracy. Like we we kind of knew like some things like that. We we let me rephrase it. I've always had the issue of And then retired general so-and-so joins board of defense contractor and then goes back into the government. I mean, the most uh, egregious example of that is, you know, General Austin retires and then joins the board of Raytheon, rakes in millions of dollars, then becomes the defense secretary and shock gives a bunch of stuff to Raytheon exactly but that was like the normal way but there was like enough tap dancing around in that that you're kind of like it looks really bad but they probably would get away with it Zelensky showing up and going i want that one and that one and that one and then pelosi banging a gavel and it all showing up at taxpayer expense It's um it's because they think that so many people have bought into the marvel disney you know ukraine the movie avengers 6 the ukrainian offensive um they think so many americans have bought into that that they just wouldn't care that that's happening i don't think that that's true i think it's i think people find it cute to virtue signal about ukraine but when they can't afford gas it gets very real to them when You're seeing Zelensky on a Vogue cover, and then you're seeing all these other like ridiculous news stories, none of which make it seem like there's a war going on. I'm trying to remember, there was a video earlier this week that I saw, and it was supposed to be this like cute, it was something cute in like Ukraine. It's like, oh, look at this cute thing that's happening in Ukraine. Isn't that adorable? Isn't Oh, like, aren't these people wonderful? And I couldn't help but think, isn't there supposed to be a war like in the same province? None of these people are acting like there's a war. Mm -hmm. All of these like feel good videos I keep seeing from Ukraine never look like a group of people where there's a war going. What my favorite one was, um, what was that guy from MSNBC's name? You know, that was going to try, he was tracking rockets on his watch. (laughs) Uh um, remember his name? Malcolm Nance? Thank you. Yeah, Malcolm Nance. Right? You had Malcolm Nance jumping up and like looking around and he was stand by. It's you know these types of missiles. Oh, all this is going on and then people behind him are just like going about their business and shopping. Yeah. Like if Sorry, if somebody were to come up to me and be like, hey, just so you know, I went to Ukraine secretly undercover and there was never actually a war, I would go, you know what, that makes sense. I'm not saying that it's not happening. I'm just saying that it feels so Hollywood that if somebody told me it was entirely fake, I would believe it. Yeah.
2: Well, and Ukraine, I mean, it's a good example of just there's a war that got started by the media and government, and then we're expected to just support it. And it's just really, it's increasingly gross how the, how they're trying to present this as some great, Oh, it's a great crusade for democracy so that Joe Biden can continue getting kickbacks from
1: Burisma. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, today of all days, you know, we, we, it's not that I was avoiding to mention it but we fig- figure we'd get to it like you know near the end is it's September 11th it's 21 years now but people don't want to talk about it anymore because obviously what is you know September 11th evoke well mm-hmm. there was the attack obviously that everyone remembers in 2001 but additionally this was the date September 11th specifically last year, that was the only thing that Joe Biden cared about when it came to Afghanistan. The only thing he cared about was he wanted to be able to say, I got troops out by the 21st anniversary or the uh, 20th anniversary of 9-11. I got troops out of Afghanistan. And he did such a garbage job of that extraction that everything we did in that war equaled zero.
2: Yeah. So... The the reality behind that is Trump wanted to leave in, I think it was April. Yeah, he wanted Mm -hmm. Trump wanted to leave in April. And that would have been before the fighting season. It would, like the passes probably would still have been uh, full of snow. So you couldn't move fighters easily from Pakistan into Afghanistan. And that's when Trump wanted to leave. However, the military, seeing the hopes that Trump might not get reelected, paused, did no work. To ensuring that we could be done, we could be out by then. I, I, I just talked to some people in the military who were in at the time, and they're like, oh, yeah." The thing is, the military just stopped doing when it looked like uh, Trump wasn't going to win the presidency. They just stopped doing all work to get the, the mili- to get the U.S. out of out of there by that point, even though that's what they'd been ordered to do. And then Biden took off and was like, "Wow, well, we'll just do it. Uh, just anniversary September 11th. That'll be great." And uh, that's. At the end of the fighting season, after the Taliban have an entire fighting season to stock up, to get organized, to decapitate the entire Afghan government, look, just... And the whole thing was so pathetically managed. I know, let's close the giant, most fortified U.S. airbase in the country that's right next to the capital. Let's just abandon that in the middle of the night. And then our plan, our official plan to get all of the U.S. troops, diplomats, and all of the rest of the people out of the country was, well, they'll just drive in civilian vehicles to the civilian airport in the middle of Kabul, and then they'll just get on planes there. Mm-hmm. It's like what? What? We still have tons of people in country, and we're giving up the biggest airbase that would be the most valuable asset. It shows that they were paying absolutely no attention to the Afghan war. That the probably that they had no realistic idea of the reality on the ground because the Afghan government just folded like wet tissue paper, and they should have known that they had all summer to watch the Afghan government collapse province after province on the way to Kabul and they did nothing to change their plans. Just, ah, we'll just do it. It'll be fine. Now there's a lot of people to blame for it. I personally blame a whole hell of a lot of us military officers who probably basically lied on their report saying, ah, everything's fine. I just want to go back home and get my promotion. They deserve some blame. The administration deserves a lot of blame for not read for not demanding the situation on the ground and being so arrogant as to think that that plan was going to work. It's like, it's, I'm just some guy in America over here. And the whole time I was saying, it's like, don't do that. That's going to end badly. While the Taliban just took Kandahar, well, thats you probably should, I don't know, fortify Kabul and get it. months later. Oh, wow, Kabul fell. Oh, now it's a giant shit show. Of course it is. And everybody saw this coming. Every, there's... Thousands, if not tens of thousands of U.S. veterans that went to Afghanistan, of army officers still in the service that have been to Afghanistan, that knew that this was coming and knew that it was going to be a, a catastrophe. And either they didn't say anything or nobody, the administration listened. It's absolutely ridiculous that the situation ended the way it is. it did, because there was there was zero reason for it. And everybody at the time knew that that was a bad idea. The only people that apparently didn't know were the people, the, the officers in charge of running this whole evacuation and or the administration. I don't know. It's ridiculous.
1: As far as I know, I don't think a single person in the Department of Defense had to uh, resign over this failure. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it is it is interesting because the only, obviously, you know, the left doesn't want to talk about like actual September 11th, but number two, um, the only thing that they can do now is try to compare it to January 6th, which is a terrible idea. Um, Not just because it's ridiculous how obsessed with the whole January 6th thing they are, but when you actually draw the comparison, it makes people think about it. And that's the last thing the liberals want is to have people think about, well, I mean, were these similar? And then they look and they go, uh no. Over 2000 people dead or a drunk guy dressed like a viking stealing a podium. These aren't the same. Yeah. Also, you fought harder for prison sentences for people in January 6th than you did anyone involved in al-Qaeda. Yeah. So that uh. that's definitely something.
2: Remember there were Afghans that were clinging on to the uh landing gear of planes that were taking off and falling to their deaths i do remember that yes oh wasn't it like something like 20 marines that got killed in a terrorist attack because they weren't allowed to take adequate force
1: protection measures because their commanders yeah, were too big of cowards to actually yeah. do what they needed to be done i think it was a total of 13 if i remember correctly oh only 13. and uh, just, just remember when when their caskets were being delivered you know flag draped coffins coming by biden was checking his watch I do remember
2: that. Yeah, it was pretty embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah, it's just ridiculous.
1: Yeah, so so for those of you who haven't figured out exactly kind of what we're doing here, instead of recognizing September eleventh as being the date that the uh, um you know, New York and the Pentagon were attacked, we're recognizing it as the date that uh Joe Biden fucked literally everything up and made basically our entire deployment to Afghanistan meaningless because he wanted to celebrate a date for a PR thing. Yeah. And then so around, ridiculous. and for PR reasons, started another war.
2: Yeah, that's the most shocking part is, oh, hooray, we're done with Afghanistan. Actually, we're going to keep spending billions and millions of dollars uh, in this other war now. Like, oh, so it was never, a, okay, wow. And, and, and if they could, you know the Biden administration will be putting U.S. boots on the ground in Ukraine. But it just happens to be politically untenable to do so right now.
1: I mean, I'm certain that it is considered untoward and wrong for me. And this is going to have to be the final thought of the the program. But untoward and wrong for me to suggest that Secretary Austin would start a war uh, to keep his Raytheon profits up. That would be wrong for me to suggest. So I'm certainly Mm -hmm. not going to suggest that. But... That's going to be it for the show today. Don't forget to go over to Subscribestar.com forward slash WrongThinkRadio and become a subscriber so you can get your daily headlines as well as special access to the show. Otherwise, feel free to check us out on any social media platform. Just look for Wrong Think Radio. It's probably us. You can check. Uh, otherwise, I'm Aaron from the East Coast. I'm Alan from the West Coast. This is Wrong Think Radio. See you all next Sunday.